On today's Believe in Chicago Sports podcast, we break down the Bears' victory over the Vikings. That's two in a row. This team's Super Bowl bound. Or not, and they'll come back to reality soon. We'll break it all down for you here on episode 30. Now. Welcome in to the Believe in Chicago Sports Podcast, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Dan Collins here with my podcast partner, Joey Gelman, who you can find on Twitter at Joey Gelman. Myself as well, you can find on the tweet machine at tweet Dan Collins. This fine, lovely show that you're listening to can also find on Twitter at Believe in Chicago. Joey, let's get right to it. We're talking beers, baby. Soon to be playoff bound, Super Bowl bound beers. Let's do it. Or before that, let's just first inform the listeners this will be our only show for you this week due to a Christmas holiday hiatus. So we'll see you next week after this, after you're done listening to this one. But now time to get into the show. Do early programming out there, Joey. And holidays coming up. Hopefully you got some good plans. What you could do is talk beers with everybody because they're on a roll, baby. Two in a row. 33 to 27 victory over the Vikings. It was going to be intriguing all the way out. And it was weird, Joey, for the first time. Since maybe last week, <laughs> I felt very, very comfortable that the Bears were going to win almost probably from start to finish. I felt pretty confident in this team, did not think that was going to be the case, wasn't necessarily too confident going in, but this is probably the most confident I felt as a Bears fan watching a close game this season because the one against the Texans was just a complete blowout. They had control of that from start to finish. Wasn't expecting that this week. Wasn't necessarily the same case. They win by just a touchdown, no extra point. Almost lost it there at the end with the Hail Mary by Kirk Cousins. But come out victorious. So are you searching for potential playoff tickets? Well, that's not really going to be a thing anyways because probably no limited capacity. Who knows if they'll even let anybody in. But regardless, making playoff plans with the family, going back home for, uh, for the wild card weekend. They might make you. They just might make you do that with Jacksonville and a Green Bay game that may not matter to them, but matters to the Bears. Who who the hell knows? It's so, it's funky. So not to stop you before you go ahead, no, but no, I'm no. curious because last time we talked, we were both in agreement that we would be mm, semi-annoyed if the Bears went ahead and won this game. We also agreed that that would probably be the consensus of all reasonable Bears fans that they would be semi-annoyed if the Bears won this game. I'm not going to tell you yet if my opinion swayed on that, but I'm curious as I get your initial thoughts, were you a little annoyed of the outcome because what it means for a somewhat tink as much as you can at the end of the year factor for a better draft pick? A little bit because I truly believe these guys and and, uh, whether it's McCaskey and Phillips and all of them are very reactionary to this and they're going to see a team that started really hot and had a really bad downward spiral and then found a way to muster up three wins probably three wins in a row because I'm I'm guessing they'll be Jacksonville next week with a shot at making the playoffs in the last week of the season and that's a narrative they can sell themselves into to keep everyone so I, I, I hate being in that place of, like, I'd rather see them lose. Like, I'm still going to root at the end of the game for them to win. But, yeah, from a long-term perspective, it's, it's a difficult spot as a fan to be in. And I think 
you know, my biggest takeaway from from today, and I know we'll discuss it in depth, but this is this is the Bill Laser game for me. Freaking laser beam. This is the Bill Laser game to me because this showed you what this offense could have been all year, and it's not going to probably be explosive against the best teams. It's probably not going to win you a Super Bowl, and Mr. Trubisky still may not be the answer, but it was a game plan structured to the talent they actually have. And the amount of times we saw today Mitch Trubisky roll out, go from under center, do a lot of play action, and move around the, the, the pocket, move around the field, find his targets to get Montgomery involved. I understand the line having three or four games together now helps tremendously, but this is what you've been asking them to do with Trubisky since he got here because of the skill set he had. And the stark difference from the first three weeks when he was asked to drop back in seven ten-step drops and, and read a pattern why Nick Foles could do that better, when then the offense just broke to where now you see something that's that's actually works. And I think this is a you know admission to regress like almost regressing the mean a little bit of, of what you could have been and it's frustrating because but maybe it's what they are what they could have been maybe it's what they are yeah but what does that say about Matt Nagy now that it took him stepping aside and stopping to be stubborn to let some other guy call a, a game plan that fits better for the quarterback like as we said last week I think they still believe in Nagy and they and they won for him last weekend but now you have an offensive question here of the guy you hired to be the offensive coach of the future relinquished his play calling and the team's now doing better. Well, let, let's look at it this way. And I don't know if I'm reading too much into this quote by Mitch Trubisky, you know, obviously speaking with local media after the game and he's quoted, you know, by saying it starts with the, it starts with running the football. Apparently, you know, they, they he, well, I'll begin the quote. We have more of an identity right now. It starts with running the football and then play action, movement game that comes that comes off that, yada, yada, yada. So that is their somewhat identity now, according to Trubisky. Huh? At least that's what the quarterback of the Chicago Bears feels, is that they it starts. Who would have thought we – who would have thunk it? It starts under this Matt Nagy regime of running the football. And then what everybody's been saying, I feel like for a couple years now, Joey – then that play, then you play into the play action and the movement, the bootlegs and what have you. Right, but that's exactly think, what it did for I think them. That's what we've been wanting. But yeah, I think that's what we've been wanting, right? Not only us, but fans and well, yeah, because it fits their, it fits their players better. And and by setting up that run, it made everything work today. Where even out of the shotgun, you could do a play action handoff to Montgomery, and it worked because you. I'm not, I'm not trying to sound old school, but they use the run instead of the pass, and it it, it works yeah. with this group. You're not you don't have Mahomes, so you got to play. Like, you don't have him instead of pretending you have him and failing at every chance you get offensively, where it was inept for six straight weeks. Well, they ran 40-plus times today for just under two, 200 yards, 199 yards. So, go figure. I mean, here's the thing. And what we could potentially be seeing here is an improved offense. Not a dramatically improved, but they stopped regressing. And now they're starting to somewhat progress, almost like you thought they were going to do post-2008 when it was supposed to be the Matt Nagy 2.0 scheme. You probably expected a style than this, post-2018, post-2018. So 
obviously when they were going into the Metnagy 2.0 year, which would have been the 20 last season, it would have been a different style, but you would have, you would have expected a little bit more production, which is what they've done the past few weeks. Granted, it was against a beat beat down Texans team, a not so fantastic Vikings team. However, just think about it. Offensive line, like you said, is finally gelling together. It surely helps, perhaps, if you're running, especially in pass protection. If you're doing, if you're going off those play actions and those bootlegs, but still, nonetheless, I know myself. I I sat here behind this microphone and I was giving them a lot of crap. The offensive line all season, the majority of the season, offensive line is playing a little better. Mitch Trubisky is playing a little better. Who'd have thunk it? We were we were done with him weeks ago after that Falcons game. It was game set match. And I, the way they're going, if the trend continues, you'd you'd probably assume you look at the calendar, like you said, the, the two week the two games left, one against a single win Jaguars team. It doesn't look like we're going to get the Mitch versus Glennon matchup, unfortunately. It's going to be the Mitch versus Mitch V Menchu, it seems. But regardless, you're going to face a one win Jacksonville team. So if you beat them, <laughs> and you probably beat them in decent fashion, I would I would assume if, if if you win that game, the offense still looks pretty all right. And then you see what happens against Green Bay. Even if you lose that game to Green Bay, if you're assuming they win the game in Jacksonville now, what would that put you at? Five hundred. They'll put you at eight and eight. I I don't know. It, it potentially could be enough to sell Matt Nagy and even Ryan Pace another year. If you think about it, if you were to go into like the live betting of it all, funny. If you missed our betting show, go go listen to it. Shameless plug. But if it was like a live betting meter week by week by week, it would be an overwhelming favorite that. Ryan Pace and or Matt Nagy don't return. One of the two don't return next season, right? If if you were able to 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 place the bet that way, it'd be it'd be unbelievable. It would be unbelievably terrible odds for you to to place that they won't, that one of the two wouldn't be back. But now those odds just keep shifting as we're going along here because, like you said, there's some narrative. There's some positive narrative to sell now, and it's weird. You think about man, if you knuckleheads. The Bears, that is, didn't blow that Lions game. What kind of a conversation we would be having now? But they did, and we're having this type of conversation. I'm not saying there's any reason to be hopeful as a Bears fan with what we have currently, both on the field, both leading it, whether it be in the front office or on the sidelines coaching it. But you know where this is heading now, right? You you just said it. <laughs> this is going to be something that is very pitchable to the McCaskies as to why the Matt Nagy should be around next season. And for that matter, Ryan Pace there, there's a reason they're, they're giving them something to sell. And I'm not saying that I hate it, but you know what? Whatever that's on them to either buy it or buy it or sell it anyways. You know, like, yeah, there's going to be a decent enough pitch potentially at the end of the year. Do we trust, you know, do you trust in the ownership to make the right calls? Well, I'll let you just answer that. I'll let you just answer that question yourself, right? But that's where we're at now, and, and it's very, very interesting. And I'll be sitting on my couch next week, you know, watching that Jaguars game, saying, "Oh boy, here we go, an eight-win Bears team." And I guess just don't really know how to feel about it, right? Yeah, this team isn't going to go running through the playoffs now and no. kicking ass and taking names. No, but I, I that. 
here's where I think the disconnect is with like if they're going to come back or not with that. Because right, they're not going to if they were going to make the playoffs, they're not going to kick ass. But I think the playoffs are the the benchmark. I think if you somehow win. You know, you're five and one. You lose six in a row. You win four in a row to finish the year and make the playoffs. If the Cardinals lose, there's a story there to be kept. But I think I, I know it could literally come down to one game if they're nine and seven or eight and eight. But there's a there, there's a true reality to where if you go from twelve and four, then you go to eight and eight. Then the next year you go eight and eight again. But the only reason you were eight and eight was because the last three out of four games you were not using Matt Nagy's scheme, that, that's kind of an indictment of the whole thing. And so when you probably had this five-year Trubisky window, you expected it to be in the playoffs, if not every year, four out of five years. You weren't going to win a Super Bowl every year, but you were at least supposed to compete for the division. And so when you sit here and you win a division at 12-4, and four, then you go 8-8, eight and eight, then you sit here now at 7-7, seven and seven, but the Packers who are in front of you that you're supposed to be in that division are 11-3, and three. That's that's terrible. And Joey's so, not a fan. <laughs> well, so that's why I, I really think the playoffs are the benchmark and is why they're not going to do anything before then. Is I, is I think the playoffs obviously can buy everyone anything, but that's a really bad story as you come from the top of the division to then prove that as a fluke. And in this stretch of games, you only are in the playoffs once in this, let's say, five-year window of, of what you were supposed to have. To be fair, though, Laser might be the ones calling the plays currently, but we don't know how much of that is his own scheme, right? I mean, Matt Nagy could still have very much, you know, he could still have a big, heavy influence. Oh, I think he has a big influence, but but, but they're, oh, yeah. they're not sticking to the scripted playbook of this is mm. what we do every game. It's let's adapt, let's adjust, let's see, hey, this play worked last week. Let's try it this week against Minnesota. There's more just adaptability. To just to play devil's advocate, though, because once again, it's 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 been what Bears fans, literally the fans, right, have been asking, like, please adapt. Just do whatever. Find a way to win with what you have. This is this is Mitch. These are the tools he has. This is the kind of line we have. Maybe you can help him if you run this kind of style play. You have Montgomery. Figure it out with that. Run the rock. Use him as a bell cow. Bootleg. Play action off that. Everyone has helped from the O-line to Mitch to David Montgomery. They've done that the past few games, most definitely with this one. So they've listened. And if they and if they show that they're doing what makes the most sense and it's working, just playing devil's advocate here, isn't that not a reasonable sales pitch? Like, isn't that and even if they were to come back, let's say that the whole regime next season, if they still end it on this type of note where they're showing that, hey, yes, we could go somewhat back to the basics and two, just we can schematically plan things to where it's best to what we have on the roster. Wouldn't that at least help bump up a little bit more faith as opposed to ending it in reverse where it's just Negi staying in his ways, being him and not having this team adapt. It gives a little more advocate question. No, it's a good one because it, it, it does give a little more faith, but I still think they all know, and the reason they brought Nick Foles in is because they realized we missed on Trubisky. And Trubisky is what he is, and he had a great two-game stretch here. And they're they're utilizing what he does best, but he's not the savior you thought he was. And so I think, if anything, he 
you know, serves as, you know, the quarterback you have now or a stopgap guy, but you have to reset that that position to make this all work. And do you trust this regime to do that now for the third time? I I wouldn't, but there's an argument to be had, like you said, of, well, this isn't Matt Nagy's guy, so let him pick one and see what happens. But it's it's a really weird spot to be in because I think we were all kind of sold that Trubisky's done, and I will be the first to mm-hmm. say that because, and I said on the show. It sounds like to me you think he's still done, though. I do still think he's done, okay. but, he, but but he's doing enough to to persuade important people's minds and when dollars are involved especially in this climate mm-hmm. it could it could buy him another year here Perhaps. especially if they make the playoffs hey if he continues with winning football and if somehow i'll say this right now if they go on ahead and end the season by rambling off four in a row texans vikings jags packers which i don't see happening but if they do <laughs> if they if they ramble off those four in a row to end the year and another big if, then make the playoffs, then I think you deserve at least one more audition. Then kudos to you, Mitch, that maybe you do deserve one more audition. But I think what I gather from what you're saying, Joey, and I don't necessarily disagree, is that it's actually a little less on Matt Nagy. And it's more on where if Nagy could just continue to show that, hey, I'm a competent enough guy to make sure that we scheme to the best of my players' abilities – then it's more so on, well, you know what? We still know Mitch isn't the answer, even you know, however we come along with these wins or however the season ends. At the end of the day, Mitch still isn't the answer, so we have to move on from him. And do you really want Ryan Pace selecting another quarterback when you saw the process and, and how he landed Mitch Trubisky? So they almost come together, right? They're a package deal. If one's going, they're both going at this point. So if you agree that Mitch is out, then – Logically, in your head, you can't have Pace pick another one. He's out. But that still leaves Nagy to be like, well, what the hell? I did what I had to do to save my job at the end of the year. And once again, this is what the early assumption that they beat Jacksonville and show somewhat of an okay enough effort against Green Bay, right? So that would be maybe Matt Nagy's pitch to stick around because what you said, definitely, yes. You're linking Trubisky and Pace together. But I don't know if you noticed or not, you did kind of remove Negi from that link. If anything, you gave him the extra out because you did say, well, that's not my guy. So is he actually earning himself? And I don't know if the answer is yes or no right now. A reasonable pitch to come back next season and say, hey, I'm not all done here. What do you hold the phone? Well, from a head coach perspective and from a Trubisky perspective, he's kind of off the hook. But from an offensive so far. So far. Right. But from an offensive perspective and, and offensive philosophy, the fact that this group was so broken for almost the entirety of the year and it only got better once he relinquished full control, where obviously, like you say, he's still involved, but he's not calling day to day plays and not being stubborn and allowing his other guys to, to truly see what they can at least get out of this offense. That's where I think it comes back to bite him in the ass because he let that go on for six straight games and was telling everybody that, you know, Nick Foles can run my offense better. This is going to work great. This is going to be great. And it was a disaster. So in that regard, separate from Mitch's progress now or earlier in the year, that's kind of an indictment of everything he's been doing. But it's 
it's a it's a precarious spot because I've heard that too of well Trubisky and Pace are married so they'll be out of town but Nagy yeah. will stay and the new GM will decide if he wants to keep him or not and then you have a weird year it's just like it's all on the table but it's it's it, it will all come down I know it's logical but it will all come down to what happens on if they squeak into the playoff it changes everything and the fact you that we're even this. talking about that is mind-boggling so about this i can see it because you're in football right hell you you're in football hell what do you want to like <laughs> you know they're not going to win the super bowl if they make it so in my like i'm a weird selfish fan of like if i don't know my team's gonna win it the whole damn thing like i'm not invest i'm not i'm invested but i'm not like oh, it's, you will be oh i know i will be I'm, I'm gonna eat my words in four weeks i know that but but it's it's that weird place of like I, I know they're not good enough to win, so it's better for them not to be in it. But once they do, hello, Meatball Joey. This is something they shouldn't have on their side, potentially, when it comes to huge decision-making like this. But one thing they could potentially have on their side, all three of them, Negi, Pace, Trubisky, depending on how they finish out the last couple weeks here, and if they somehow sneak into the playoffs, might have recency bias on your side. Because you're mentioning all the things. Joey's pulling up the list as a nervous Beers fan who's ready to ready to see some big changes here. Rightfully so. Totally get it. But you're pulling out the list and saying, hey, don't you forget about this. No, our Six weeks here and this stretch here. And what do we, the Lions game? Are we just, that, does, that doesn't count. That's not on the resume here. Well, what's going on? I totally get it. And once again, shouldn't be the case. But what they'll probably have on their side too is a little bit of recency bias. And... You could, it, it, there could be a, a very interesting scenario and reasonable scenario where if Mitch does do enough to earn himself at least one more audition, then think about what that does. If, if the Bears somehow say, yeah, here's like a, a, an okay ish one year deal, come back, we'll see you next year, we'll see what happens. Well, like we said, linked to Trubisky is pace in our mind. So if you're giving him one more stay, that almost helps pace because like, oh, my guy's not gone yet. So you don't necessarily have to get rid of me. And that's not saying in the theoretical world that if Mitch somehow does come back, let's say like it's on a one year contract with the Bears, that pace won't necessarily be gone. But the likelihood goes down now because they're somewhat linked together. We just know that. So if Trubisky buys himself another audition, maybe that helps pace stay around for another year. And if those two are still around and if the Trubisky buys himself another audition because they ended the year well, then that probably means Matt Nagy didn't do enough toward the end of the year to completely throw this down a hill again. So now you literally have a situation where all three potentially could be back next season. That's I'm a nightmare. Not saying, definitely not saying that would be good. By no stretch of the imagination am I saying that would be reasonable if they end the season well. Not saying that, but it could definitely happen at this point. Yep. I think the only they've way it does up, open up the door for it with this victory. Yeah, I think the only way it does is if they made the playoffs. Because otherwise, if you don't make the playoffs this year, then you are you have three what out if of. If you went eight and eight, and you and you have a competitive as hell game against the Packers, where you lose by no a, a possession, you have to make it because otherwise, I'm not disagree. I'm just because be, no, I know, but be, because otherwise, you're sitting here now in the in the in that five year window of Trubisky. Let alone just how about the last four years, you will have missed the playoffs three out of four years in that stretch. That's so pivotal stretch to where he's under a cheap contract and you build everything around him. So in that regard, that that's a failure in my book. And then you have to, 
You have to start over. You can't miss the playoffs three out of four, three out of five years when you're trying to be in a championship window. You're supposed to make it every year and then maybe make a win a division, win a wild card, get to the conference championship. You know, you may not win the Super Bowl, but at least you're you're competitive. But to not even sniff a, a playoff berth in, in more than half of those years, that's unacceptable. So let's just play the odds. And I know we're going way ahead of ourselves here. But you know what? This You can talk about this victory as much as you want about the Vikings. It's as simple as this. The Bears finally ran the ball 40-plus times. They finally ran for almost 200 yards. They finally used that for bootleg and play action. And it worked. And Trubisky looked pretty efficient out there. That was the game today. What does it all mean? Well, Joe, I'm going to ask you this. Let's just play the numbers here. Let's play the odds. Let's say the Bears finish 8-8. Eight and eight. They'll be the favorites, <laughs> obviously, against Jacksonville. Let's just give them the W there. And let's say they come up short in one way or another against the Packers. So the end of the season, 8-8, eight and eight, missing the playoffs. Who's coming back? Who's going out of the three? If they miss the playoffs at 8-8, eight and eight. at 8-8, eight and eight, I'm going to say probably all three are gone. Okay. I think even, I, even if Mitch plays fairly well. I think so because I, okay, I, I, I just think that number of missing three out of four years yeah. of playoffs is is just blaring out to me of that that won't fly. Yeah, I could see that. So I guess if that's the logic, and I, can, I could also see that betting the season eight and eight, every one or two out of the three coming back. I really could. I mean, they would legitimately – if they went ahead and lost next week against the Jags and then lost to the Packers and the season at seven and nine, there'd basically be no questions. There'd be no question. All three are gone. But the fact that they can have a potential 500 end of the year here, eight and eight, if Mitch plays efficient ish, I guess I'll say as as efficient ish, Mitch, as he's been, then, Maybe you could see him back for one year, but I guess it depends on what else you plan on doing with quarterback. That's what I that's what I hope our conversation turns into for future shows is all right, they're one hundred percent moving on from Mitch. Who's the next quarterback? How do you find the next quarterback? What 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 are some of the game plans they could do this offseason, next offseason to, you know, let, let's let's kind of let's kind of, you know, lay the land for that. But until then, this is where we are. Impressive enough victory against the Vikings. I did not see them winning in that fashion. We knew there was potential for it because they looked pretty well against the Texans, albeit a not-too-great Texans team who was missing a few key players. But we said, man, if they take that to Minnesota and they go on ahead and they defeat them and they do it with an efficient enough offense like that, we could be having this conversation that we're having right now, this very conversation on the show. We kind of foreshadowed it a little bit. Well, looks what look what happened. That's where we are. Joey is a very happy yet uncomfortable Bears fan on this uh, post game show. I guess you could say that's the perfect way to put it. I'm I'm happily uncomfortable. It's just it, it it's so true. It's like I I I have this passion and fire of I I I want this team to win every damn Sunday, but. I know it's not good for them. <laughs> I got to tell them off easy. Like, you know what? You could win this weekend for me, but it's not good for you. It's really not good for you. You should seek help and get rid of everybody. All right. Well, you know what, Joey? That, that, that's a good way to, to, to wrap up the show. Let's, uh, let, let's do it this way. 
holidays are coming up. Give me one or two things specifically on your beers wish list that you would like to see happen to end, end your 2020. What are what are your one or two things on your beers wish list to end this to end the year here in 2020? This holiday season, what are you asking for? Well, I won't be on the naughty list, so I won't ask for bad things like losing. So I'll say, I'll say, I want to see the continued success of David Montgomery. That's my number one because I was always told he was going to be a number one feature back and could really thrive, and never has gotten the opportunity to. And now with this kind of alteration in scheme, a healthy line, he's really coming into his own and proving to everyone around the league that he's here to stay. And so that's what I'm looking forward to, whether they win or lose. That's my number one, you know, holiday wish for the Bears is he, he continues to, to really prove himself as a, as, as a top, you know, lead rusher in the NFL because he's I think he's really talented and it never got a chance. And I'm excited to see that continue to grow. OK, mine's going to be pretty easy. I'm going to say because it starts in the trenches, baby the continued improvement of the offensive line. It was a huge headache for the for the majority of this season. Now they're starting to show that they could mesh a little better together. Once again, part of that is probably due to the schemes that are being run, but still, they're showing that there's things they could do, right? There, there, there's some talent there in the trenches for the Bears, and you definitely, no, no matter who the new quarterback is moving forward, even though there, there might be a fan or two saying, no, it's going to be Mitch, he's great. Whoever that guy is under center, you need to be able to have a decent enough offensive line in front of him. And then I'll say a ton of money is shelled out to this defensive unit. I'm glad they haven't lost their, their spunk yet or their spark, right? Uh, great game today by them. We finally saw Mack and the rest of the boys getting into the backfield. You have, you have Goldman coming back next season, so... Be an improved defense. Granted, I know this is my 2020 list, but defense still doing what you're doing. Offensive line continue to improve. And no matter what happens, no matter how the Bears end this year, please, whoever's making the decisions, whether it be McCaskies or you name it, just have some good enough due diligence, not enough recency bias to do the right thing, no matter how this season ends. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever it is you celebrate, all the happy of the holidays. That is a perfect and beautiful way to end the show. I love it. That's going to do it for us today on Believe in Chicago Sports. You can follow me on Twitter at Joey Gelman. Dan is at at TweetDanCollins. Get that right. The show Believe in Chicago Sports on Twitter at Believe in Chicago, part of the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. As Dan mentioned, we are going to be off for the holiday this rest of this week. We'll be back with you next Monday. We're excited to talk to you again, maybe after a Bears victory, a surprising loss. We also have Bulls basketball starting. The NHL is around the corner. Our Illini keep making us go crazy. So we have a lot. And Brett Bielema. So we have a lot to cover on this show and we come back next Monday and we're excited to do it all with you Um, but uh, thank you guys so much for listening have a safe and happy uh, holiday season and we can't wait to meet back up with you next week take care
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.